0: You are listening to the Sermons Podcast of First Baptist Church, Mount Washington. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 3. I thought for a second there I was going to have to ask Ella Rose where it was, but I believe I found it. Going to look this morning uh, one more time at verses 21 through uh, 26. We have uh, talked about uh, in this passage uh, how we've been saved by grace alone, and we've talked about how we've been saved in Christ alone. And today, I want you to see that we are saved through faith, faith alone, faith alone. And if you put that word faith. Uh, In the forefront of your mind uh, uh, this morning, uh, you'll see it leap out uh, in several ways, uh, several times as we read the passage. I think about the word faith uh, and believe, and, uh, and you'll see Paul's emphasis there. Romans 3, 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Lord, as we've just sung, please speak to us, Lord, this morning. Um, Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, hearts that are Are ready to receive your word. And I pray that you would use me as your servant. I I pray that you would increase and I would decrease and that your word would go forth. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure you saw it several times the emphasis on faith, verse 22 through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Uh, Verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. Verse 26, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith. In Jesus. It's also mentioned just looking ahead in verses 27, 28, verse 30, and verse 31 toward the end of the chapter, uh, about eight times uh, or so in this, this section. So, this amazing salvation that we've been talking about, that is by the grace of God alone and His Son Jesus Christ alone, comes to us personally through faith. Faith alone. That is, that God justifies, He declares righteous those who have faith in Jesus. But what exactly is faith? What does it mean to put your faith in Jesus Christ for for salvation? Last century there was a pastor by the name of Norman Vincent Peale. Some of you may remember uh, Peale. Peale essentially abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ. For uh, the power, uh, in favor of the power of positive thinking, that was uh, his uh, best-selling book. Peele tells the story about two frogs uh, who accidentally jumped into a picture of cream. And uh, try as they might, neither of the frogs could jump back out and one frog finally gave up trying and he began to sink in the cream. The other frog realized that this was a sink or, or, <laughs> or leap situation. He mustered up all of his courage and uh, his strength and, and he began to whirl his feet as fast as he could go and he just worked and he worked and he paddled and he paddled and paddled until finally he turned that cream into butter. And voila, he was able to get out, Peel said. And Peel said, just keep paddling. Here was the message just keep paddling, keep on working, keep on doing your best, and you will make it. And he even said this uh, if you just have faith, you can do anything. He said, here's a line He says, we will become believers in God and in ourselves. I hope that that makes you nauseous when you think about that because it should but but unfortunately that's how a lot of people think when it comes to our salvation and faith despite the fact that we love to sing amazing grace and we belt that out that it is all of grace uh, somehow we we struggle and many people struggle that to think that if you just it's faith yes but you've got to do your best (laughs) uh, to make it to heaven you just keep paddling and you'll get there Yes, have faith, but but it's not just faith in God. It's really up to you to make that happen. But is that what the Bible means when it talks about faith? I hope that you've heard enough so far in, in, in Romans 3 here to, to convince you that that is not so. I remind you again, verse 20, where Paul says, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. And so, whatever Paul is talking about here when he's talking about faith, it most certainly does not include human works. He's not saying, paddle, 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 paddle. Yes, faith Our faith does lead to good works. We want to be doing good works because we've been saved by faith, but it's not faith and works that save a person. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you know these verses well, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Now, what does he mean there by this? We know that grace... The very nature of grace is that it is a gift of God, that's what grace it means, it's, it's, it's a gift from Him. So, what does Paul mean by the word, this, this is not your own doing. He's saying that even our faith is a gift from Him. It's the gift of God, he says, continuing on, not a result of works. So that no one may boast, for where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them." Paul is going to great lengths to communicate to us that our salvation is by faith alone. It is not a mixture of our good deeds and faith that save us. And let's be even more precise as we talk about this. Our faith is not a good work in itself. When we say by faith and not by works, we're not substituting one kind of merit, our works, for another kind of merit, our faith, as though it, it, it's all about us, that we did this by our faith. Our faith does not earn salvation any more than our works earn us salvation. But rather, faith is simply the means by which we take hold of Christ. We should also stress here, amid the modern abuses of the word, that it is not the strength of a person's faith or the amount of a person's faith uh, that saves us, but rather it is the object of our faith that saves us. It, it's whom or what you're putting your faith in. That's why if, if you're putting your faith in yourself as a savior, it doesn't matter if you've got all of the faith in the world in yourself, you are still lost it will not be enough to save you it is not the amount of faith it is not the strength of your faith you don't need to muster up more faith it simply means you need to put your faith in the right person whom is jesus christ Amen. the object of our faith is most important our faith must be in christ and his work not ourselves and our work john stott i think is right here when he says that the value of our faith is not found in itself but entirely and exclusively in its object, namely Christ and Him crucified. Justification by faith alone, he, he writes, is simply another way to say justification by Christ alone. It is all of Jesus a gift from him. Faith is simply that means by which we take hold of him. Stott continues with this beautiful picture. He says, faith is simply the eye that looks to him. Faith is the hand that receives uh, this free gift. Faith is, is the mouth that drinks of the living water who is, who is Jesus. It's not ultimately our faith that saves us. It is Christ who saves us. And faith is the means, just the means by which we We receive it. This is what makes Christianity unique among all other religious belief systems in the world. This idea that all roads simply are going to lead to the same God in the end. It doesn't matter what religion and all these different paths. Christianity is something altogether different. It is altogether different in many ways. No other religion proclaims a a free forgiveness and eternal life to those who have done absolutely nothing to deserve it. No merit whatsoever. Only by simple faith are we saved? That's the message of the gospel. It's not good news that you need to do. It is good news that you need to believe. It it is that God's grace has turned away his wrath. God's son has died the death we deserve so that God could have mercy on us. There is nothing left for us to do, nothing for us to contribute. The function of faith is simply to receive what this grace offers. I want to give some more thought to this and, and hopefully to bring some more clarity to what is biblical faith. Well, as we think about this passage, what does it mean that right, the righteousness of God, verse 22, comes through faith in Jesus? Or how do we, as verse 25 says, receive this by faith? How do I know that I've put my faith in Jesus? Most theologians uh, divide this idea of saving faith into three elements, and uh, I want us to focus on those this morning. The first element you, you is, the, is knowledge, knowledge. and You might write in the parentheses, in the blank there, the word head or mind even. Um, Knowledge. We see it in verse twenty-one and twenty-two. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Now, now notice there that it, it's the message. It's the message that the law and the prophets were bearing witness to. It, it's the truth of the righteousness of God. In other words, the faith in Christ that He's calling us to has been something that's been previously revealed and explained in the Old Testament. It is based on a particular knowledge. It it is based on a message. There's content involved. It's not just faith and whatever, but there's, there's an objectivity to it. There's a truth to believe in, a truth to respond to. This is an important connection that we need to make. Romans 10:17, uh, Paul was even make it more clearly when he says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It, that is that faith is permanently related to the word of God. Permanent. Faith is, is created or, or born in us by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ, he says. Apart from the word, we are, we are like Lazarus, you remember, who died. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. What, what will awaken Lazarus to new life? What, do, what awakens sinners like dead sinners like you and me to life? Is it not the word of Jesus Christ? Is it not His word speaking to us? Jason, come forth. Bill, come forth. Sally, come forth. As Boyce notes here, only the call of the living God can produce new life. But where can we hear that call? Not in the words of mere men or women, not in human books. The only place we can hear it is in the pages of the Bible where alone God speaks. That's right. Peter spoke of this. He said that we have been born again, how have we been born again? Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding, what's the word? Word of God. Faith involves knowledge and content. It begins there. It's in the word of God that we learn what it is we're supposed to believe. We don't get to make up what we're supposed to believe in. We don't get to define who God is. We don't get to to define what we think about salvation and who we are. No, His Word plainly tells us. And Paul has been explaining this truth to us in Romans. Lawson puts it like this, Saving faith begins when you know the truth of the gospel, the truth about yourself the truth of the fact that you are under the wrath of God and that salvation is found exclusively in Jesus Christ. You have to know this in order to be saved. Saving faith is not a faith that is devoid of the knowledge of God's Word. So that's the first element. You have to have this faith knowledge. It involves your head. It includes content. It includes the, from the Word of God. This is not, it's not simply a, a true faith without, without the Word. Without the word. That's the first element. Notice the second element is the word belief. Uh, Belief. In in, in parentheses, you may want to write the word heart. Heart. Uh, And we, we see this again, verse 22, where Paul uses a slightly different word the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Who believe. The word believe. Uh, means to be persuaded in, uh, uh, to put your confidence in. It is a very important understanding of saving faith because there there has to come a point in our lives uh, in which the knowledge or the content or the truth of the message is personally applied to us, right? It's not just, for example, that you know the truth of verse twenty. Three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but that you know that you have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's true of me personally. And that truth begins to bear down on your heart. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 1 for a moment. We can't talk about faith without mentioning uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the faith of. Chapter, the Faith uh, Hall of Fame, whatever you want to call it there, but it teaches us uh, something important about what it means to have faith or what faith is, and that's what I want to focus on, just verse 1, chapter 11, verse 1. Notice it says there, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's what faith is. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The first, uh, there's some important words there. The, one of the first ones is the word assurance. Uh, it it uh, has the idea of a foundation, uh, uh, that, that you're standing on a foundation, and it is a certain foundation. It is a sure, it is an assuring, an assurance that you're standing on. It's an assurance of things that are hoped for. What are the things hoped for? These are the things here that had been heard from God. Words of God, promises made by God to these people. They're standing on the assurance, the certain assurance of promises that were made. Promises that were made in spite of what circumstances look like or how we feel about them even, but that are true same word is used in Hebrews 3.14, which says, For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Uh, The word can be translated guarantee. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Confidence, guaranteed. There's another phrase, the conviction of things not seen. That word means, means certainty. A conviction, a certainty about this. So much so that it affects the way that we live our lives. It's a conviction of the heart. So think about what is being described. Faith is is living in a hope that is so real it changes how you live in the present. Uh, It's it's what we see in the rest of the chapter, by the way, all of these examples of faith. The promises that came to all of these people in the Old Testament were so real and were even told there that they never even saw the fulfillment of these promises. But yet they based their life on them and it wasn't just a head knowledge. But, but it moved down into their hearts, and it moved their hearts. And they took God's word, and they lived on the basis of that. Now, here's why this is so important as we're thinking about faith today. Uh, the, the, because the truth is, you can know the truth of the gospel and be lost. You can have point one down and not be saved. And, and there's examples of this. We know that the, the devil himself, or at least his demons, is, is, are an example. James 2.19, you, you know this verse, you believe that God is one, you do well, James said. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Even the demons believe? Yeah, they believe, but it's not a saving belief. The implication is they know the truth. They have knowledge. They undoubtedly know the Bible. And frankly, they probably know it better than, than, than we do. They know these things. In, in the gospel of Mark chapter 1, there's a story where Jesus encountered a, a demon-possessed man. And the demons speak. Mark 1.24, uh, they say to Jesus, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. That's in the context of a chapter when the people that were there weren't getting that truth. But the demons knew who he was. And yet clearly they are lost. They believe, James said, and they shudder, but they're not saved. Biblical faith means that we're not just believing it in our heads, but there has been some point when it 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 has moved down into our hearts. And it's becoming an, a conviction. We were convicted by the Spirit of God. Uh, Lloyd-Jones called this assent. Uh, assent where we, we uh, personally approve and agree with the truth of the gospel. Uh, Montgomery Boyce called it the moving of the heart. I like that. The moving of the heart. Where the knowledge moves your heart. I think about our precious kids, uh, that they are being taught not just the books of the Bible, but the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love it when I sit down with them and talk to them about the gospel, and many of them can tell me the gospel, they can explain it. Here's what the gospel is, it's a wonderful thing, but just being able to explain the gospel and know the gospel does not mean that they're saved. That it's come down into their hearts, that it's been appropriated. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You must become convinced that this is true. And it's not just true, of, it's true for you. It, is, it has come down on you the, this, the truthfulness of this message, the Holy Spirit convicting you personally of this truth. <clears throat> There's a good illustration in church history from this, a man by the name of John Wesley. John is Brother Charles, the, the Wesleyans, uh, but John was a, a, a great evangelist in the 18th century. He was uh, an active preacher and evangelist for many years, and, and he knew the Bible, and he knew the gospel uh, very well by his own testimony, but, but it, by his own testimony he said it had not affected him personally. That's so strange. He said although he believed in a sense, he didn't really love Christ or trust Him personally. And then there was this evening that he tells about uh, with other believers. They'd gathered together with other believers and they were reading a sermon by Luther uh, on Romans and and here's what he wrote uh, in, in his journal, what Wesley wrote in his journal. He said about a quarter to nine. While he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that He had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Now, some would say, well, he probably already was saved, but he just kind of came to know it in this sense. And I don't know, but, but by Wesley's own testimony here, he talks about this moving of the heart when this knowledge that he does so well began to take hold of him. Calvin put it like this it now remains to pour into the heart itself what the mind has absorbed the content the mind down into the heart he said for the word of god is not received by faith if it flits about in the top of the brain but when it takes root rather in the depth of the heart has it for you has it These are precious gospel truths here in Romans chapter 3. We've looked at so many of them that we've been justified by His grace, that we've been redeemed from our our sins, that, that Christ is the propitiation, His blood satisfying the wrath of God. But all of this is just words and content. Has it moved your heart, brothers and sisters? Have you, as Stott put earlier, have, have your eyes been opened to see? Has your hand reached out to receive this free gift? Have you drank of the living water of Jesus? If not, take, take this in. Pray to God for this. Pray for this. Long for this. Ask God to do this work in your heart. The work of the gospel. Brings us to the third element, which is commitment. Commitment. If you want to write in the the blank, the will. We've got our minds, we've got our hearts, we've got the will. Faith is knowledge that comes to the mind, but then when you believe it, it moves in your your heart. And then it leads to this commitment. Commitment a yielding of yourself to Christ, an act of your will, where where you take that step of faith all the way to Jesus Christ, you embrace Him as your Savior and Lord. Faith is when you take that decisive step, I'm going to leave the world, I'm going to leave my sin behind, I'm going to forsake all of my attempts at righteousness and good works and attempts to save myself, and I'm going to commit my life to Jesus Christ. A Christian is not somebody who simply believes intellectually in God, intellectually in Christ that He died and raised and so forth. A Christian is somebody who says, now if that is is the truth, then that, that changes the way I am. That changes the way I live. It changes my priorities. It changes my purpose. It changes my attitude and my actions and my habits. There's a commitment. That is involved in faith. Again, I love how Lawson puts this. What is saving faith, he asks? It's the firm commitment of a person's life to Jesus Christ. That faith that saves is nothing less than this it is more than mere head knowledge about God, Jesus, and salvation, it is more than emotional feelings of conviction of sin and affections for Christ. Saving faith is the exercise of a person's will to turn away from self-righteousness and entrust his life to Jesus Christ. It is to enter through the narrow gate. It is to come to Christ and entrust all that you are to all that He is. It's so powerful. A half-trust will not get you there. If you're thinking, I'm trusting in Christ, but I'm going to paddle really hard and churn my own salvation. That's not what this means. In fact, to be honest, I thought about this earlier. It's more like the other frog who just gives up. He gives up and surrender. That's what it means to come to Christ. I surrender. I surrender my will. I surrender it all to Jesus. Jesus. You can't straddle the fence. It is not your faith and baptism that saves you. It is not your faith and church membership that saves you. It is not your faith and all your volunteer hours that saves you. There must be a reliance of your entire soul on Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Faith is real when you come all the way to trust in Jesus. You in fact burn all of these other bridges behind. You say that none of those things work. It is only by the righteousness of Christ alone. And when you do that, His righteousness comes to you and you are justified. You are saved by God. I'd never thought of this before, again, but uh, Boyce, uh, again, a great illustration, likens it to a young couple who, who uh, meets and dates, uh, falls in love, and, and get married. And if you think about the, the pattern, it, it kind of fits. First, a they, uh, couple meets, and they begin dating, and this is the stage that we might correspond to knowledge and mind that is they're getting to know one another they're f- figuring each other out they're learning things about one another what kind of the person the other one is and so forth and h- in hopes of that this might relationship might lead in a marriage but then the second stage is is we'll just use the term loosely but falling in love uh, f- affections begin to take over in the heart their heart begins to move and their affections grow for one another and it affects them in personal and emotional kinds of ways but then the final stage comes when the couple stands before God in the church and they say I commit my life to you the good news is today spiritually speaking Jesus has already done this but it's here that we pledge ourselves to Christ and we publicly commit ourselves to Jesus have you done that have you done that Maybe you're here today and you would admit, I don't have faith. Or maybe you'd say, I'm just not a person of of faith. I want to challenge you on that this morning. uh, And say that you are a person of faith. Everybody in here is a person of faith. Everybody is a person of faith. If you don't believe in God, if you're not living your life as uh, if you're you're living your life as if there is no God, if you're living your life as if there will be no judgment someday, no afterlife, if you're living your life as if God is not going to judge you or hold you accountable for what you have done, you have faith, but you are putting your faith in yourself. And it's critical that you understand that. You're waging your entire life and your entire eternal destiny on a faith premise. But the object of your faith is yourself. It's you. And the Bible says it will not be enough. Turn away from trusting yourself and put your faith in Jesus alone. Do not just think about it or agree with this. Trust completely Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him. Totally commit your life to Jesus Christ. Will you do that today? Lord, thank You for Your Word. We pray uh, that You, by Your Spirit, would engrave it on our hearts, that we are saved, we are justified by grace alone and Christ alone. And it is through faith alone. We pray for those today that might be trusting in themselves, that, Lord, you would show them by your spirit and word that's been presented to them today that, that this will not save, that they need to trust in Christ convict them, Lord, to make that commitment to trust you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Pastor Jason Clark. And if you don't have a church home, I want to personally invite you to First Baptist Mount Washington. We're striving to be word-centered, gospel-focused, and community-minded. Learn more about our church and our meeting times from our website, fbcmw.org.